0: Welcome, everybody, to Navigating Change, the podcast from Tybel Inc.
1: I'm Pete Wright, and that there is. Howard Tybel. Hey, Howard Tybel. How uh, are you? You know what, by the way, click and clack. Did you, oh, of course, know? Isn't that incredibly sad?
0: I have been uh, really mourning your fair city. Um, oh. What I didn't know, I didn't know that this is, of course, Tom Maliazzi uh, passed away a, a few weeks back, and, uh, you know, he's a, a fair Boston citizen. And uh, as as are you, and so I
1: know Boston takes losses like this pretty seriously. Yeah, and 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 yeah, you know, I think that the the awareness of these two guys' accomplishments at MIT. Yeah. Is- and how brilliant they are, uh, and even not even knowing that that he was ill, I mean they haven 't recorded in probably over a year but... Oh, three three years
0: they 've been running uh, they 've been running uh, uh whatever they call it uh, reruns for
1: three reruns? years yeah wow i didn 't realize it was that long yeah. but um you know that 's what I aspire for you and I that eventually we 're going to talk about cars, which I know very little bit about, but so <laughs> Actually no we know we do we are we do look under the hood but we look under the hood of people's heads That's scary <laughs> it's though. It's really much scarier. It's gross. It's gross and scary.
0: It's scary? Uh hey, so uh we should probably post in that light. We should post a picture of your son's Halloween picture uh costume. No,
1: don't even go there. It's beautiful but it's, you know, terrifying. It's terrifying, but it's the best costume I've ever seen It and is I'm the best. not biased. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's also the best con- best one I've ever seen. So, uh we're going to talk about uh, we're going to head right into your bailiwick today. We're talking about exceptional decision making. On teams Mm. today what does it mean Mm -hmm. to have exceptional decision-making on teams Uh, you have been doing a lot of presenting and work and writing on this very subject over the last uh, certainly more than a year Um, what have you uncovered and and where do you take people when you
1: walk them through decision-making these days number one it's rare it's rare to have it's rare it's rare to have good decision-making yeah. Because, I mean, it would be so much simpler, don't you agree, if we, if we didn't have to deal with other people? That's oh, the heart of the problem. Yeah. If we could find a way to not have to deal with other human beings, I think the decision we're making would be so easy.
0: I, I live my days <laughs> under that
1: mantra. Who can I not have to talk to today? Yeah, and sometimes you don't pick up for me even. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, so group, you know, it's exceptional group decision making. You know, yeah. it's easy enough for you to decide, for me to decide, you know what, I'm going to go get a cheeseburger versus a sub, right? I When you have to make a decision that doesn't involve others, it's on some level. Uh, relatively simple. Now, if you have to make a decision about, uh, let's say, changing jobs, so let's say you're unhappy in your work and you have to make a decision. Well, what do we often do? We often – well, actually, here's what here's what the truth is. We do the pros and cons column, but that doesn't move the needle because in the end, uh, doing something different is just – too damn uncomfortable. So we're going to stay where we are until it gets bad enough. That's why things change. By the way, it either gets so bad that we say, "You know what? We can't take it anymore," or an opportunity presents itself that's so good that we'd be an idiot to say no. Right? Yeah. So and and but ninety percent of life lives in that middle place where it's never really that bad and it's never really that good. So. On an individual basis, I think we get caught up in, you know, not wanting to make a change because it's like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So then you take that and you add another person. Right? Let's decide together how we're going to move this project forward. And then I got to worry about what you think, and you got to worry about what I think. And taking so, so there's a whole element of this that has to do with being an effective listener to, of each other. Uh, but here's the missing piece that, that I think groups find really compelling is that we do not know why we're even having the conversations we're having say more we, about that we don't well, what do you mean we don't that? know why so so we'll sit down and let's say that we're going to put in a new procurement system and you know, sort of there was been a conversation you know maybe it started the strategic plan said we 're going to be uh, we 're going to be more strategic in how we do our purchasing so then basically, that comes down to our boss, and next thing you know we 're talking about how we 're going to do this, so we sit down and we already jump into we think we understand what we 're talking about, and I can tell you nine times out of ten. All you have to do is ask these. Let me see if this is the right number of words. Why? How many words is, is Okay, here we go. Four words. Four words. <laughs> see, do, you I mean, I ca- you, do you need a calculator? You know me, any, well, <laughs> anything more than three, I have to count. <laughs> you know me. My Very life well is played. Being, right? Why is this important? This yeah. is a question That almost never gets asked because we presume when we sit down that if we're talking about it, it must be important. And even though it probably is, because we have no language for it yet, because nobody's articulated the why, we dive into what do we want to do and we do not have a context for this. So the thing that people find really compelling about I think this conversation about decision making is sort of the the three the three legs and it goes it goes in this order. The order that's most obvious to us is we sit down, we know what we want to talk about it and we talk about it and we make decisions and we move on. The how, which is the process, sometimes gets talked about, but we assume somebody in the room will figure out a process or they'll, they'll, they'll do an order. But the why is never talked about. Yeah. And you have to turn it on its head. You have to literally reverse the order. Why is this important? What does success look like? Right? So. That's more than four words, right? What does success look like? Six words, five words. What does success look like? But not looking forward, but looking back. I can tell you, having worked with teams, you bring a group together to talk about a strategy, a new system you want to put in place, a new process, and you lead with the conversation. All right, before we get into what we're going to do, let's Let's take a look at, you know, our organization, and let's describe, and let's say you're trying to actually have an exceptional organization that you, you really want to be uh, recognized in, in, by in your institution. It could be HR, right? HR being a seat at the table. It could be procurement. It could be student affairs. It doesn't matter what what, what particular division or department. And you have the conversation, this is a perfect time, by the way, as we approach the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Let's imagine we have been recognized three years from now, right? So let's, let's, we're going to transport ourselves into the future, like interstellar, right? Yeah. By the way, I saw that movie. I loved it. We'll I, talk you know, about that later. We, that's I a different it. podcast. Me too. I I'm it. with
0: you. I'm with
1: you. Okay. You, know, you made me nervous because you said, you know, got some bad reviews. I, I was it.
0: nervous. I was nervous. I, I saw it, they were, were wrong.
1: Go Are on. you digressing or is this me? It's all you, man. All right. So <laughs> transport yourself into the future. You are living in that future st- state. The success is already present. Describe it. It's hard at first because you're like asking people to do something that gets them out of the comfort zone of complaining about why they can't do things. See, it's much more comfortable. Well, to it, sit and in. it
0: engages a very different part of your brain. Right. What part? It makes you, it, it engages this very creative visualization. Right. And, and I run to this, into this all all the time when I'm teaching these classes, marketing classes for MBA students and they come in and their feedback is always the same thing. It's like you engaged a different side of my brain mm. by making me think creatively about these things. And I have not experienced that in this program. It's so linear cut and dry, like doing a visual. Anytime you introduce a visualization process, you're going mm. to, you're going to tap into a whole different way of thinking.
1: Well, you know, What's interesting—the visualization process that people recognize they're in when you say the word "imagine," mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because because that's how I will lead it off, and and I think language matters. Uh, imagine it is 2017, and it's June 15th or November 17th. We are looking back on the success that we had. Describe it. So simple in the exercise and so simple to get started. But I can tell you that once you get the ball started and you get people engaged, you're right. They're exercising a different place. It's not about why we can't do it. It's not about all the reasons why we can't do it. It's about, oh, we're focusing on the thing that we all care about, but we never talk about. So, exceptional group decision-making is not just having a plan. a matter of fact, a plan is downstream. I think too often we confuse decision-making with having a plan, mm-hmm. right? Decision-making should be driven by, do we really understand the problem? Often the answer is no. We understand the symptoms,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Right. Second thing is, do we know why it's important to solve this? Because I can tell you, if we can't answer that question, maybe it's not worth solving. Right. And three, can we describe success in a way that gets us inspired? That's where you start from. And what ends up happening is everything else flows from there. Now, why don't we do this more? Well, guess what? It takes patience. And it takes time. And people sit down and they already presume that we're going to basically just solve the thing that's right in front of us. And we don't give ourselves permission to step back and ask the bigger questions. Now, the truth is, you do not have to apply this idea to everything. But you do have to apply this when it involves other people or change that's going to affect large groups of people. Because... Without the why being clear, you are not going to come from a place of inspiring others. See, today, the big talk, finally, I've been doing this long enough, and and finally, I don't have you know, everybody sort of gets this, is that we have to get buy-in from the people that we're trying to involve. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that we have a good enough case. That means that they go, you know what? That is right. I do care about this. Now... We we don't we don't take the time to do that because it's hard, but if, if we're serious about engaging folks to be part of the solution with us, we have to be able to articulate. Uh, A vision that resonates with them, but it has to start with us being able to use that language. And that, to me, is what great leaders do.
0: All the more reason, I think, not to to sort of minimize the importance of, of keeping this model in your head and addressing the why, even for individual decisions. Mm-hmm. Right there, there is a certain amount of practice that comes into uh, being able to apply this model, and and to be able to do it for yourself, I imagine is pretty useful. Do you ever find yourself walking through your own
1: model for big decisions, <laughs> individual decisions, question. or family decisions, or? Yeah, why are we going to this place for Thanksgiving? I'm not sure I want to actually delve (laughs) too deeply. (laughs) I might. See, here's why we don't want to ask, because we might hear the answer that we don't want to hear. That we don't want, right. It's like, oh, my God, that's why I'm doing this? That's right. Is that really the reason why I'm doing it? Well, you know, why am I writing a book? That's a great question, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a concept for why I'm writing a book. One, it, it, it forces me to think more critically about what I'm doing. It puts me in a position to want to speak on the, And I'm writing a book on this very topic. Um, it gets me engaged. I, writing helps me uh, integrate it more. So I think I do it naturally, but I probably don't do it enough. Particularly uh, that last step. Particularly that last step. What See, will now, success now on, have looked like? Oh, boy. Do we have to go? see? But you you see what I'm saying? Like, how valuable is that? What does success look like? And I know you stand in front of teams. Yeah, how do you? But here's the answer. Let's talk about my book for a second. What does success look like? I don't know. I don't know what success looks like. As a matter of fact, part of my model for growth has always been paying attention to what the next opportunity is. Um, For me, success looks like is that. This is something that's embraced and useful, and I'm able to uh, even have more impact, right? Mm-hmm. At five years down the road, that this evolves into something even bigger or better that I couldn't have imagined today. See, that's that's what I'm looking for today. Mm-hmm. It's not as concrete as other, you know, a, a procurement uh, um, Implementation or an HR implementation has a clear endpoint, right? Which is that people are able to use the system. It's user friendly. Uh, we get great productivity out of it. We save time and money. So there's there's clearly success factors. We're recognized as as leaders in this area, and others come to us right. um, so, because, because but, you can visualize success by existing uh, by
0: existing measures. Right, yes. we can say here's what, what success will look like is we will have have, achi- have achieved those goals or the things by which we are measured usually. And so for your for when you're talking about the book, I mean, I can understand why it's challenging to come up with that visualization because y- you don't know what the measuring stick is intuitively. And, and
1: the truth is, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know, I actually and and I think I do have an intuitive vision for where I want to be. But part of what excites me personally is. Th- Uh, The uncertainty about what that looks like, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Because I couldn't have pictured like most of us. My guess is most of us, if we were sitting around having a drink talking about where we are in our careers, we would not say, "I, I actually plan to be here. Right. You know, I had worked my life and this is exactly where I was playing. No, I, I think that we we either have big visions and we end up in places that we take ourselves further than we thought or we have a clear idea where we want to go and we're there. And then we got choices to make when we're ready to do something different. Uh, but, but the key thing about this decision making is to break it up and to recognize the what we want to do is often decided in the absence of an understanding if we're really solving the right problem mm-hmm. do we understand the problem and do we have a, do we have a vision of where we want to end up That's a great conversation for groups and it engages groups that and because to, too often everybody is sitting there passively assuming that somebody in the room has figured it out nobody has or assuming that everybody has figured it out and they all agree. Right, exactly.
0: And they don't. They don't. They don't agree that they're not moving in the same direction, even though they feel totally confident that they understand why.
1: And that's why, as I started this conversation, it would be so much better if it was just me working with a whole bunch of robots. (laughs) And I didn't have to work with other... Now, the truth is, if that was the life, I would have to figure out a different career, right? That's right. If people were not involved. And it's fun. I mean, I... But I think at the heart of what makes group decision making um, a real challenge and opportunity is we have got to figure out how to get in there with other people. Yeah, yeah, that's the truth. What do you think? Well, you I think, think, think
0: that's I think that's exactly uh, I think that's where we need to go. We need to clearly talk more about this, uh, um, particularly as you get closer and closer to launching the book.
1: The book, the yeah, book. I'm, yeah, finally, you know, I'm just trying to get by the first one. It's like, oh my god, just the just just the very active just. Just doing that. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited because I'll tell you something, Pete. This has been on my radar for so many years, and you can remember the elephant in the room concept that yeah. we talked about years ago and had a book cover, and you know the elephant in the room has evolved into this decision-making thing because I've been teaching it, and I'm telling you, it resonates with people.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, I mean, nowhere was that clearer uh, to me than in Orlando at Akubo when we get to see people who are really talking about how challenging this dec- the process of decision-making is, how decision-making works into strategic guidance. Strategic planning, changing the business model. I mean, all of these things oh really are tied into this, this practice of being better decision makers.
1: Yes, exactly. So I, I love yes. the topic, so we need to keep this well, going. This has been fantastic. So is there anything that um, you'd like to leave the group with, any of words of wisdom?
0: Uh, you know, never
1: eat anything bigger than your head. I cannot mess you up because <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me, and I tried to preempt it because I had nothing. So yeah. I figured I'd give it to you, and you no. could never eat anything bigger than your head. Yeah. Darn no. it, you're good. No, just pull that out of nowhere. It's just right there.
0: Hey, thank you, Howard, as always, for your uh, constant fount of wisdom. Uh, on these podcasts, it's always great I couldn't to have do without you. You
1: know that, right? I, I deeply
0: appreciate that. Right, uh, and ahead. to all of our listeners, we could not do this without you as well. I guess we could do it without you, but it wouldn't be as much fun. So, thanks everybody for listening, for joining us, and for for uh, letting us know uh, how this is connected with you. Uh, reach out to us online either at Tybalink.com or leave us a five star review over at iTunes and and uh, let the world know that this is uh, you made a connection with this, Please share it. We sh- certainly appreciate it. Uh, if you have any thoughts and ideas, please uh, drop us a line. Uh, on Twitter, Howard Teibel or Pete Wright. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody, and uh, until next week. This has been Navigating Change, the podcast from Teibel Inc.